whistleblower report exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America here with our international vaccine expert team. And today we have another guest with us, Roger Meacock who is a veterinarian in the United Kingdom with extensive experience in having worked in veterinary medicine during the mad cow outbreak of the 1990s that was related to prion contamination of the animal feed. And now the question is that we want to bring to you today, how does prion contamination play a role in the damage from the experimental gene therapy bioweapon COVID shots? And what is happening beyond just neurologic disorders that have traditionally been associated as the consequence of prion damage? Prions are misfolded proteins. And they are not supposed to be there in your body, and they cause damage. So the question is, how are prions connected to the mRNA technology? And why is this such a concern? And why are we seeing so many people with prion-triggered diseases like Creutzfeldt-Jakob rapidly progressing dementia or Spongiform encephalopathy is the medical name. And how does that relate to what Roger Meacock is warning about with the massive push to bring the mRNA technology into veterinary medicine across the board in place of the traditional animal vaccines? That means moving all of the animal vaccines to the mRNA technology with very little study, very little knowledge of the extensive risk, and very little willingness to oversee safety, effectiveness, and quality control. Many dangers, but it's not just domestic pets they're talking about vaccinating with mRNA gene therapy shots. They're talking about vaccinating all of our food sources of animals, sheep, lamb, cows, pigs, and chickens, shrimp, even seafood, even vegetables. Vegetable crops are being sprayed with mRNA, quote, vaccines, end quote. 
they're not vaccines. They alter the genome. But this is a very ominous trend. And the public needs to understand the enormity of the risk that we face. <clears throat> so let's let's hear from Roger Meacock. Now, he and other veterinarians in the UK and the US have written an open letter to the regulatory authorities and political figures warning them of these dangers. And we will include a reference to that open letter so that you can read the warnings that they sent quite a while ago and have not gotten any response. It's even more concerning now with new research that has been published just in January 2024, which Andrea Klarich will share with us from his interview with Dr. David Weissman, who is a U.S. vaccine expert. So there's a lot that that we want to bring you today. Hang on to your hats. These are things that you need to understand in order to know the risk that you face and begin to pay attention to what is affecting your food supply, your pets, and your own health, not only from the COVID shots for people, but what they are trying to expand into animals and our vegetable crops and how that affects the environment. So Roger, welcome to the show today. We really appreciate your joining us to give us the benefit of your background in all of this. And I know Dr. Gilthorpe has a lot of experience with the prion-related diseases, and he's going to comment on some of that as well. And Dr. Eden and I will chime in as appropriate, me from the medical perspective and Dr. Eden from the scientific perspective of what is so dangerous about all of these. And of course, Andrea has some interesting research to share with us as well. So Roger, let's start with what what you wanted to bring to the attention of our listeners as warnings going yeah, forward. Thanks. Yeah, thank, thanks, Dr. Lee. Thanks for having me back on. Um, obviously, as, you, as you, you and some of the listeners will know, we've, we spoke before about my concerns with the mRNA jabs if they get used in in the farm animals for our for our food chain um but there's since then there's been a lot of research into prions as as you can imagine and uh you know it is in becoming increasingly more worrying that prions aren't just limited to um to, to being involved in the neurological tissue and causing neurological damages but actually um prions are being found in other parts of the body um, and there's many more ways than we originally thought for prion um, or protein misfolding to occur. So it, they can happen from, um, from viral proteins, from viruses, whole viruses, infections themselves, um, and also potentially from the mRNA jabs. Um, and one of the researches that I know Andrea is going to talk about is, is with the, the frame shifting, where you get proteins which aren't necessarily even planned being produced um so the fact that they aren't even checking the proteins that they're intending um the body to produce under the direction of the mrna jabs you know other proteins are going to be produced as well and none of them are being checked for their prionogenic activity 
in terms of and Roger, just a quick comment. When you say other proteins, you're talking, everyone's heard about the spike protein and its toxicity, but you and Andrea will be addressing it as well, are talking about these shots are causing the body to make other proteins beyond spike protein that are also damaging. Did I understand that correctly? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, obviously, the spike protein is being produced primarily by the COVID um, mRNA jabs. But when they produce mRNA jabs for other diseases, they will have chosen other proteins of interest <clears throat> on the surface of, of, of the viruses, um, which they will then instruct the body to manufacture to, to, to stimulate the immune response. But they won't be checking any of, of these proteins to see whether they are actually capable of causing protein misfolding that or being prionogenic themselves. So, you know, and the fact that the animals are for food consumption, obviously they, they are, you know, produced in their millions um, and the, you know, just the sheer weight of numbers of jabs that are going to potentially be used in food animals means that it's not a question of whether prions will produce, be produced or not. It's just a question of how soon and how many, because once you start, you know, introducing vaccines into different individuals, that that volume of, of number, you know, probability says it, it will be a certainty at some point that a protein will become prionogenic or, or misfolded um, or, or a frame shifted protein, um, is produced which which has activity that causes protein misfolding and you know that will cause either neurological disease but it's also been implicated in in diabetes in um, gut problems and they've even found uh, amyloid in skeletal muscle which obviously then that's that becomes part of of the meat and the endocrine glands as well yeah yeah i mean it's been found um in 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 glandular tissue um and uh and in lymphatic system and you know they're, they're also found that uh soil can become contaminated with prions and that roots of plants will uptake the prions from the soil and will then redistribute them to the leaves so we're not just talking about the meat aspect of our diets being potentially contaminated those who eat plants or have a plant-based diet they're potentially going to you know be infected from um from the plants that they that they eat and we know prions are very highly indestructible very resistant to being destroyed even to the point where in human creutzfeldt jakob disease they has even been implications from um corneal um donation um, and even instrumentation used in brain surgery was was obviously get sterilized between patients. But even then, it was still able to transfer um, prion material from from one patient to another. So, you know, we're not talking about something that can be very easily destroyed. You know, we're talking about something that once it gets out into the environment, once it's in the soil, once it's in the plants, once it's in the animals, you know, it it. And, and into the environment, into the microbiome, you know, it, it's going to be very difficult to limit. Um, and I know, you know, Jonathan, we said in the past, you know, the biosecurity labs 
had so many restrictions put on them to try and make sure that no genetic material leaks into the environment. And yet here we are, we're just getting animals to um, to shed it, you know, and slurry gets used as fertilizer on crops. It goes onto, onto the pasture for the cows to go on and regraze, or it goes onto food crops to grow for our food. Um, and we're just contaminating the environment willy nilly. And I mean, I've even questioned whether the used vials for the, for the jabs are being properly um, disposed of, because ultimately, even if they're supposedly used, there will still be genetic material in there. Uh, I think Jonathan wants to come in and say something. Yes, Roger. Well, I was just going to actually bring up something that Headley Reese often mentions, and that is that, I mean, he talks about it from the production side, but biological drugs are incredibly complex. Um, when it was just a vaccine, which was a fragment of a protein from an organism made in an egg and just injected in the body, it would be quickly cleared after it had stimulated the immune system, you know. Uh, but in this case, where we're driving the expression of a, a protein in our own cells, possible number of uh, other effects that are not intended is colossal because of the complexity of the of the thing that we're doing and it also then means you know the side effects the time taken for side effects to appear some will appear after a short period some will maybe appear after a year others might not appear for 10 20 30 years or more and it's well known you know from research on prion diseases that they do start very slowly and can take a decade to emerge. So we really don't know what the uh, you know, long-term result of this experiment on humanity has, will be, uh, but I predict it will be much worse than, than we think it is. Yeah, Jonathan, I think there was a, a paper published last year that where two workers in uh, who, who were researching prions um, died from prion disease and it turned out that they had um, had an accident in their research lab some seven years prior to symptoms um, emerging but then unfortunately the nature of the prion diseases in the neurological form is is once they emerge they they progress very very rapidly and I think they they died within about six months um, and obviously we know looking at the covid jabs that um Perez and Montagnier both, you know, they did a, a published a paper where they found, I think it was 26 individuals who had developed new variant CJD fairly soon post COVID vaccination. So as you say, you know, some people, you know, are, are affected very much sooner than others. Uh, uh, and obviously the more jabs people will have, the more they push that progress further along the road. So, well, and Roger, that brings up a whole other point that is very chilling to consider. When there is a time delay like that, and like we've seen with the COVID shots, rather than sudden death um, in close proximity to the injection, that gives plausible deniability that there's any connection which is what we're seeing in medicine when doctors that I, uh, do other doctors for my own patients are telling patients that I know for a fact have had a COVID shot induced injury and medical complication. They're saying, oh, there's no connection. And this is what's so concerning about what you're describing, 
the the whole depopulation agenda that's been in development for a hundred years, one of the things that that they have carefully orchestrated over decades is subtle ways of causing death and disability, the rise in diabetes, the rise in autoimmune disorders. No one is tracking it back to the onset of the rise in vaccines in children. No one's tying it back to the COVID shot. And nobody's going to tie it back to the prion contamination you just mentioned, because it takes time to develop the damage. Yeah, I think it, it'll be very, very difficult, Dr. Lee. And, you know, in, if if we at, at some point we don't know. And uh, of course, you could try and develop a therapy that is very much needed for some reason and you won't know. But if we now go towards this model, which has been proposed and I think is being pushed through by the FDA, by the EMA, by the UK MHRA, that we will go from an idea of a drug to a drug in 100 days. There will be absolutely no chance to even look to see whether um, you know any of these things are possible. It's just it's playing Russian roulette with with people's lives. And Jonathan, didn't you talk about prion being used in China as a contraceptive approach? Could you explain no, it, that? It, uh, well, what it is, Doctor Lee, is my suspicion that this 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 was known that the spike protein would lead to prion-like diseases because the lead author um, on the lead researcher that that discovered SARS-CoV-2 and published the sequence from the Wuhan Institute uh, throughout his whole career, he's previously worked very closely on prion diseases and prion-forming proteins. So, um, and he also worked on the human equivalent of the spike protein, which is called syncytin. It's very important for the development of the placenta. And if you block it, then the placenta doesn't form and you, you don't get a pregnancy. So I think it's impossible, uh, knowing what I do about research and how researchers draw connections between the things they work on, that he was not aware that there was a link between spike protein and prion diseases. It, it would be a beyond reason to think that he hadn't thought about that connection and if he hadn't he he shouldn't be in that position because he should have thought about it yeah, good point and roger didn't you also have information about prions interfering with the p53 tumor suppressor gene and how that might play a role in all the cancers that we're seeing I think it I think it could be a factor. I think it could be a factor. Um you can get um misfolding of the P53 and obviously if it isn't functioning pro properly and it is the cancer natural cancer suppression of the body then once you remove that you know cancer is being allowed to, to run rampant. Um I think with Jonathan mentioning the syncytin as well um, I think Mike, his original one of his original letters, where he first put his head above the parapet, was talking about the the synergy between the spike protein and syncytin that it could cause autoimmune disease in the future. So certainly, you know, the link that this author, you know, with these different parts of his work, absolutely has been borne out over time. Both what Michael has said, you know many even you know, back in 2020 and and what jonathan's just saying now that the, there's other the other thing with with the animal side is is obviously because animals um 
they're grown so quickly these days for, for meat production when it, when a disease can be quite delayed in terms of how it manifests in the animals they won't necessarily have time to show um symptoms that they have got prion diseases before they're slaughtered and the meat goes into the food chain and there's another been another discovery where different species of animals show different susceptibility and i'm concerned that there's no consequence or or what's the word i'm looking for uh it's not coincidental that that pigs were chosen for the first equivity vaccine uh, mRNA jab in use in the United States since 2018, because it just so happens that pigs are, are one of those species where prion diseases um, don't show so well. So, you know, how, oh, that's how, ominous. How how that that jab managed to get authorization um in 2018 as a vaccine when before the definition had even been changed i i don't know but it does make you concerned that you know maybe you know are pigs that have been given sequivity and then subsequently slaughtered you know have they already seeded prion diseases we we just don't know well you know that that's a very interesting point and there has been enough diabolical aspect to all of their planning that you just made a critical point that we really need to keep in mind that that may well have been why they picked pigs to start with because they started using the mRNA product in pigs in 2018 in America and no one was aware of that that I'm that I know of no physicians. I've never heard anyone talk about it in terms of the pig farmers. I've just never even heard it mentioned until you brought this up in the context of the warnings about expanding the mRNA technology into all of our food supply animals and domestic pets. Yeah, I mean, I think it's. Um, I I just don't know how they managed to get it, how they managed to get it authorized on that under that definition. But the fact is, they did. You know, farmers trust their vets, and they they do what they're told to do. That's why they employ them in the first place. Um, and certainly, my experience talking to the majority of vets on the ground is they don't understand this at all. You know, it's not. You know, when when BSE was was a clinical problem in the UK in the 1990s, those of us who were vets working with the farm animals at the cattle at that situation, we sort of, you know, we learned a bit about it. But I don't think what we knew then is by anywhere near the whole story. So, you know, I think there's a, there's a lot of being going on by, you know, in innocent, well, well-intentioned um stuff but but obviously those who know what they're doing and are driving this are absolutely completely aware of of the potential dangers and possibly know what it is actually doing um here jonathan again roger just a quick question i mean do you know from the veterinary side what the toxicity of sequivity was in the pigs that were administered to it i mean have have they seen uh you know pigs dying pigs having heart attack died suddenly pigs have you heard anything about that certainly looking looking at the data that was submitted for the authorization the um the i think it was the second biggest uh, adverse reaction was death which was three percent um 
which is high. Three percent of your pigs die from from the jab. I I think it is is terrible. Um, yeah, that's what's one in thirty. That, that's a shocking number when you think about the fact that the profit margins for pig farmers are are fairly tight. Up yeah. to have a three percent loss rate just from a vaccine. I mean, that's they probably shocking. argued that's better than losing twenty percent or fifty percent of your herd from from whatever they're trying to vaccinate against. But um, it's still very high, and you'd imagine for an authorization that would be the best figure possible. Um, uh, you know, and obviously things were studied much. You know much more for that for that study than they would be once they're used on an ongoing situation and the fact that the sequivity isn't a final end product it's it's a platform whereby new proteins are potentially found as a result of swabbing and isolate and, and looking at, at the genome of, of the virus and then choosing a protein and gene of interest to, to manufacture a protein that hasn't properly been checked itself and possibly has some frame shifting going on that means we're producing completely novel proteins. As I said before, I think, you know, the sheer numbers of food animals involved, it's not a question of if prions are going to be produced, it's going to be a question of when and how many. It's really a very chilling scenario and very alarming when we think about the massive contamination of the food supply animals, but the soil, and then taking it up into the roots and leaves of plants that the animals feed on and human beings feed on. It's, it's like a massive contamination of everything edible. I, I find this really shocking and hardly anyone in the US is even talking about the push towards moving the mRNA technology into the veterinary market it seems we need a lot more awareness of all of this yeah no i i agree dr lee i think you know we you know it is essential from from you know what i can see of the, of the risks that that the veterinary side of this is stopped you know before it gets out there because you know as you say once we start getting it out in such numbers that herds are involved in um then you know, it is it is just a question then of of environmental environmental contamination, and once it goes into the soil, you know, it potentially then leach down into the water supply. Um, I mean, I I don't know how much prions would be spread in water, um, but but you could imagine they're saying microplastics can be found anywhere on the planet now because of. The, the, they get into the water, then they get rained and, and and spread around the whole planet, even to the you know to the arc to the poles and and the tops of the Himalayas and whatever. So, you know, if 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 microplastics can be spread to that degree, then you'd have to say, well, surely why wouldn't prions be spread to that degree? So, you know, I think really we really do need huge awareness of this animal problem and stop the veterinary side before it takes a hold. Well, I would agree with you, and I think we need to do even more educational programs around this subject and maybe look at a veterinary medicine conference or press conference where we can bring in several of, of you that have this expertise and 
have you do presentations to push it out in a broader way. We'll talk about that more. And in the second half, we want to talk further about the frame shifting that both Jonathan and Roger and Andrea have mentioned. And we will be right back after the break. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report. Tune in to www.truthforhealth.org and check out our website for all of our resources on the truth behind the damage of the experimental mRNA COVID shots and the truth about what is happening to our food supply in many areas of contamination. And also check out our truthforhealthstore.com where you'll find high quality professional formulas for nutraceuticals and vitamins that are manufactured in the U.S. in a certified good manufacturing practices compliant facility. Unlike the COVID shots, which have no manufacturing oversight and unlike most supplements. So check us out, truthforhealthstore.com. We'll be right back after the break. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth for Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth for Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth for Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America here with our international vaccine expert team, Dr. Mike Eden, Dr. Jonathan Gilthorpe, veterinarian Roger Meacock from the UK, and businessman and investigative journalist from Croatia, Andrea Klarich. Andrea, you we, you, we have heard mention of the frame shifting problem and the development of abnormal, unpredictable, unknown proteins as a result of the mRNA technology. Tell us about the latest research that has been published in January 2024 based on your interview with Dr. David Weissman just recently. Yes, well, uh, after after this first article was published on the 6th of December 2023, in Nature, uh, the group of authors, David Weisman, Maria Gucci, David Spicher, Jessica Rose, and Kevin McKenna made also one important paper where they're raising concerns about all these things. Well, uh, after this uh, discovering, uh, for simple explanation, these mRNA vaccines are producing some other proteins, not only this spike protein for for uh, SARS-CoV-2 uh, virus, they are producing some other unplanned proteins. And these proteins for sure has the concerns to rise because um, they shouldn't be there. And even uh, P53 
people who were commenting this paper, they said that uh, this is something that can be uh, fine-tuned, they said, and something that didn't brought any kind of damage in the past 13 billion doses, what was administered in the world. But it's not like this. And uh, this group of authors that I mentioned, they open these questions. And uh, maybe I can read the main part that's not too long, main part where they're raising these concerns and showing that this is not the case. Well, authors stated that although there is no evidence that frame-shifted product in human generated from BNT162B2 vaccination are associated with adverse outcomes. It is unclear how it's possible to make this statement given. The small number of vaccinated subjects, only 21, provided samples. This was not controlled tried. None of those subjects had reported under effects of vaccination. Accordingly, the sample is subjected to selection bias. The technology of these unintended proteins must be studied. The authors acknowledge the misdirected immunity has huge potential to be harmful. And finally, these proteins may already have contributed to vaccine toxicity, which now must be the subject of investigation. Maybe uh, the uh, one sentence showing what was really happening while they were making these vaccines and these are the words from the lady who has now retired, and she was the main research, uh, chief of research and development in Pfizer. And uh, in the article says the premise of the study reveals development and regulatory failure to ask fundamental questions that could affect the safety and effectiveness of this product. This is no better exemplified by Pfizer's retired head of vaccine research and development who, want, who was quoted in Nature as saying, we flew the airplane while we were still building it. That shows they admitted that lots of uncertainties are also in front of us. They didn't know about this frame shifting. We know now they didn't know about uh, this contamination with plasmids DNA. They didn't know with, uh, what, what happened with SV40, what is in vaccines. All of these things appeared in this year. And before that, they're claiming everything is safe and effective. Now they are admitting that things went wrong during productions. And even, as I said, chief of research and development admitted the same thing. And now, is already administered 13 billion doses in whole world. And we don't know what can, we can in the long future expect from this. That is shocking. The chief of the vaccine research for Pfizer described they're still, they're flying the plane while still building it. That's right. That is absolutely shocking. We suspected as much. But for her to admit it is a staggering admission of the lack of knowledge about all of the consequences of this. Yeah, and it's staggering that everybody who comment this, and there's a whole list of professors in the United Kingdom who were commented, it's not problem, you know, uh, we can fix it. Why you have to fix it if it's not problem? That's my logical question. 
And how you know it's not problem because you didn't research it. You don't know is it problem. You just assumption, make assumptions. And it's not possible that somebody who is professor in a university and claiming that knows what is happening now says just admitting that they're making assumptions. But assumptions is not acceptable. We need proof. Absolutely. Jonathan, your, your comments. Yes, Dr. Lee. Um, yeah, I would just like to add to that as well, that there was an interview with Albert Bowler, the CEO of Pfizer, quite early on when the mRNA vaccines were being rolled out. And he said that his research team came to him uh, and suggested that, why don't we do this with mRNA? And uh, he was very surprised and said, well, how can you use that? I mean, it's it's experimental or it's, you know, it's not developed enough. And they said, you know, trust us. <laughs> so he, he was very clear and admitted that, that Pfizer had no pipeline for mRNA vaccines in 2019, at least one, ones that they admitted to or to early 2020. So, you know, this was entirely experimental. Well, and it was actually, uh, it's, it's worse than that in, a, in the US, because it was a Department of Defense contract for a prototype, not a finished product. That legal definition of a prototype under the DOD contract has come out in the Brooke Jackson whistleblower case against Pfizer. That's in the court documents and in the judge's ruling when he dismissed the case, he acknowledged that legal distinction. So you're, you're right. It was never planned to be a finished product, which is a flagrant lie to the public around the world. Roger, your your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm I, I'm a bit suspicious that they're you know as Andre is saying they you know they say they they're flying this plane before it's been fully built. I I think they probably know more about it than they're letting on. Um, and one of the reasons that I'm thinking that is coming back to the prion situation is that the as we know from Ed Dowd, the financial guys are on this like the hotcakes, and they there has been a prediction done within um, the pharmaceutical industry that the growth in prion treatment disease is going to rise 40% between now and 2030, going up from 4.7 billion up to 6.5 billion. So, you know, those sorts of predictions and the investment required to develop those treatments doesn't happen without prior knowledge. So I would suggest that they probably know a lot more than they're letting on as to what the consequences of what they're doing is. And um, but but it's easy just to say that they don't know. I mean, maybe that's me just being a bit too cynical. But but but, you know, these these market predictions are heavily researched because so much money is involved that I, I think they, they know a lot more than they're letting on. Well, I think I think you're right, because I was shocked to read that about the global prion disease escalating that much by 2030. That's shocking because throughout the entire 40 years I've been in the practice of medicine, prion diseases were were rare. Yeah, I, I think I think certainly in the UK, it, you know, the modeling was done by Niall Ferguson, um, as we all know, for, for BSC, and he was predicting that, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of people would would get um new variant cjd from eating contaminated beef 
And my suspicion is that as some of these um, prion diseases start emerging, it's going to happen more in the older people. And I, I think there's a high suspicion that a lot of the increase in Alzheimer's in, and dementias and Parkinson's that have happened already are being blamed on those diseases. I suspect they may be early signs of, of, of prion diseases on the rise. But I suspect because it will happen primarily in those who are around eating beef in the 1990s, the early cases which become obvious will uh, get blamed on old con consumption of, of BSE back in the 1990s. Um, and I know from you know listening to my, my friend Kevin McCann saying that, you know, if prion diseases uh, are you know, hit, hit the hit the the high, you know, the, the headlines and there's concern about shedding of them and all the rest of it, then there's your lever for further lockdowns and isolation and enforce enforcement of, of new restrictions because, you know, trying to restrict the spread of, of, of prion diseases from humans to humans um, uh, as and from animals to people as well. You know, you know, the World Health Organization has also got its one health policy where not only are they potentially able to mandate human interference um, in future pandemics or whatever they want to declare, but that could also be stretched to mandating um, veterinary uh, vaccinations as well if they consider that it's a zoonotic risk, i.e. a disease that passes from animals to people. And if they say that that's coming through the food, then you know you can just see all sorts of scenarios where this is really going to going to run out of control no no i'm i'm very concerned about it um and i think that the public is totally unaware of the risk that they face and that's partly due to the guy, the lies from the mainstream media the lies from our government agencies and regulatory authorities, but it's also a failure of my profession in medicine where doctors are not doing their job to properly evaluate the damage with simple blood tests that are widely available, could be easily done. They are not doing those blood tests to evaluate the damage in people who've gotten the shots. And when patients rightfully ask the question, could this be connected to the shot? I just advised the, the COVID shot. Their doctors are flagrantly lying to them saying, oh, there's no connection. So it's, it's even more alarming, Roger. And, you know, I went, I was asking my own veterinarian when I, I took my animal in for a checkup in November. And I was asking him about what's the situation with the animal vaccines. Does he know much about this transitioning to mRNA injections for animals? And he said, we suspect that something is being done, but we don't know, we don't have a good way to know what changes they've made in the vaccines we use. Yeah, I mean, I've put in a freedom of uh, information request to the Veterinary Medicines Directive here in the UK, and I'm just waiting for an answer um, to find out what the current state of play with clinical trials, with M mRNA jabs 
here with animals, whether, you know, trials have already taken place, whether they're ongoing or whether they've taken place and been rejected as for authorization, um, you know, ask them all the various different possible scenarios to see what the figures show and what they're going to reveal. So, you know, we'll get an idea once I've had that that back, certainly what's happening in the UK. Um, but I think, the, 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 you know, my profession is, is equally guilty of not standing up. You know, we all, all anybody, any all, all the medical professions know, um, know the risks or should know the risks and should know to educate themselves before they advise. Um, and, and none of them have done it, you know, um, for fear of losing their jobs or, or retribution. And now of course, because some of them have given the jabs and have advised it, they're now fearful of admitting that they're wrong because there were enough of us who were saying it was wrong at the time that it would it proves that the information that they should have known should have been you know they should should they should have done their education before they recommend made recommendations and 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 that makes them perhaps even more liable for for, for action as a result now which makes them even more resistant to admitting their failure so but but the, there is a point where you know it will come out. It is coming out. Um, it, it, it's criminal that, uh, you know, that this hasn't, you know, the professions that have let the public down hugely and potentially the animals as well. You know, the vets haven't, it hasn't come into our, into our profession in the UK yet, but certainly, you know, pig vets in the USA, where are you? <laughs> why aren't, why aren't you showing concerns? Why aren't you standing up? and raising queries about what these new jabs do um you know it's no point doing one job if you ruin 10 others in the process and you know that that's what these jabs risk doing oh you're exactly right it's it, it is very alarming dr yeden you've had concerns about the toxicity by design for the mrna technology all along what are your thoughts about all of the implications that Roger and Jonathan and Andrea have been bringing up today. Mm, yeah, no, I have. And uh, I mean, these are not uh, areas in which I have tremendous expertise, certainly not on the prion side, but um, I am deeply concerned about what's happening here. Uh, it's, it's more than reckless. Uh, unfortunately, as you know, my, my interpretation has been rather darker than many people's for quite a long time. Um, that is, uh, in, I, I do think there are shadowy figures who are, have orchestrated the, the takeover of the democratic world and others, and they do have, I believe, uh, a sincere desire to to you know ultimately to reduce population. What I struggle with is, uh, to the extent that I'm listening to this carefully, it feels like it's not just us, we humans, that whoever's beside behind this is targeting it's all of all of god's creatures it's kind of it's you know it's hard to imagine anything more terrible than has been described so uh what what i would say is that um, as i always do it's um, don't believe don't believe the lies you're being told by the authorities in relation to anything uh, that flows down from public health emergencies countermeasures and things you have to do in order to quote stay safe because the phrase it is for your safety as some people students of history will know was the standard excuse of the nazi party for everything they did from 1933 onwards 
And I I worry that it's the, it's the same kind of, you know, fascist philosophy that we are seeing at work here. So, you know, time to reorientate yourself to the light, listen to the small voice inside, and God help, God help us resist. You're exactly You're right. right. I, I keep I keep thinking about Noah at the time of Noah and the contamination of the earth, the contamination of the human genome, the depravity that was so prevalent described in in the Bible in Genesis. And to the point that God decided that he had to wipe out the life on earth and start over. And I just, I, I find that a haunting memory. I just reread it not long ago. And I just find that almost a haunting memory and parallel to where we are today, that we are headed for such massive contamination of all life on earth and the atmosphere and our waters with all of the chemical spraying. And I've been watching that escalate in Southern Arizona. And no sooner do we have a clear day after finally clearing from the last round of the crisscross chemtrails across the sky, then there they are back again. It, it is very, very alarming. And I, I think it's a biblical proportions. Anyone else want to weigh in on that? Yeah, I think, um, I think, I think you're right, Dr. Lee. And I think it, you know, it's not that they haven't told us what they're going to do. As Mike was just saying, you know, Dennis Meadows was um, head of the, the Club of Rome Committee on Population in 1972. And he said, you know, he hopes that depopulation happens in a civilized manner over time, such that, uh, you know, people aren't really as aware of it and it just naturally occurs. Well, to me, it seems like prion diseases would be the, uh, the obvious solution to, 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 to that, to that scenario. Um, so I think, you know, we do need to stand up. We do need to be vocal and, you know, the time for sitting back is, is past and, you know, all these warmongers and black swan events that they're going to be rolling out to distract us and try and, enforce the world health organization um pandemic treaty and international health amendments and and justify all of those i mean that's what disease x was all about so i think you know we do really need to be aware and wake up and uh and get up off our off our seats and, and stand up and be counted because you know if you're not if you're not standing up you you you, you might as well be backing the you know the evil that's going ahead you know for, for, for good to succeed it only suffice that that or for evil to succeed it it suffice only for the good to do nothing and, and we're in danger of, of that scenario so you know i would urge everybody who's listening to to be aware you know I'm, i put these points forward not because i'm trying to scare people um but because we need to be aware because now is the time to stand up and we can't wait for these jabs to to, to be rolled out in in greater volume so you know i think everything that everybody said is you know especially mike says it on a regular basis you know we we really do need to wake up to this now 
You're right, Roger, and thank you for saying it so clearly. This, our efforts here are educational because only through understanding the truth about what is being done to us can we stand against it and overcome fear, overcome the fear-mongering that is the weapon of controlling us psychologically. So I think it's critically important, and I'm grateful to have you join our team today. In fact, I'd like to talk with you. I think we should do a regular veterinary report and, and look at the enormity of what's happening in our food animals and our domestic pets in all of this assault on their lives as well as on human life. I want to thank everyone for joining us today. I'm grateful to our international vaccine team who is bringing you the latest research, talking about it in ways to give you help to understand what's coming and ways that we, through Truth for Health Foundation, have created a lot of resources to help you mitigate the damage from what's already been done and help you with tools to stand against this evil assault on God's design of life. Thank you for joining us today. Join our crusade. Sign up for our email alerts. Come to our Faith Over Fear seminars every Tuesday night. Be part of the solution. Share our educational programs and whistleblower reports with your social media networks and your friends and family. Help people understand this is real and there are ways to help stop the damage and stop the shots. Thank you for being with us today. Check out truthforhealth.org. And if you need high quality vitamins, nutraceuticals, and ways to improve your health and resilience, check out truthforhealthstore.com. This is Dr. Lee for America. Thank you for joining us today. Stand against evil, speak out, and join us again next week.